Hey guys, welcome to Begging Broadcast, episode number 477. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Weekend Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list of comic books that we are looking forward to coming out April 13th, 2022. Now we follow it up with our weekly rotating main topic, and this week we're going to be taking a look back at some of the comic books that we read in March 2022 in our monthly look back for March 22. Ooh. Wow. Three bucks. Three bucks. Three bucks. Um, spoilers. I generally liked all of our books this week. Uh, as did I. Hey, cheers to that. Uh, Radiant Black, I thought was pretty decent. Or Radiant Red was pretty decent. I feel like I was missing something by not reading more than three issues of Radiant Black. Well, we'll discuss when we get there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but something else we'd like to discuss is beer. And Chris, what are you drinking, my friend? Uh, I only have two beers for the night. Both of them are a little bit bigger on the uh, ABV side. I was thinking about trying to pick up a third one, but the other day I was like, no, like, I'm I'm okay. And if I need to, I'll just drink one of the remaining ones of these I have to wrap up the show. But I'm going to be starting off with a Florida brewery, and this is coming from Funky Buddha. And this is their Void Shaker. And Void Shaker is kind of a rotating uh, bourbon barrel aged line that they have. Um, so each time they do it, it might be like a bourbon barrel aged stout with vanilla or bourbon uh, barrel stout with chocolate. Uh, just so happens the one that I have right now is their coffee stout sitting at 11% ABV. And this is delightful. It's not as abrasive coffee as um, like the founder's KBS is. It's just a very nice big bourbon, and then you get that kind of nice coffee roastedness on the back end. Um, definitely stands out from just like a regular stout, but it's not too forthcoming with the coffee. I think it's a perfect balance of all of that. Nice. And plus, I I, I bought this at my local supermarket, the Publix. They had it on their clearance shelf. So I got the four-pack for $12, which I think is an amazing price for a knockout 11% bourbon barrel aged coffee stout. Like it's amazing. Like it's, it's a limited release. Like this, a four pack of this should not be $12, but Hey, you know what? <laughs> it might just be something that people at Publix don't buy. So they had it sit on the shelves and they're like, Hey, we don't, we gotta get rid of this. And when I looked at the actual bottled on date, I was like, Oh, this isn't even that old. I can't see where it is now. Uh, it's, I'm not seeing it on this bottle, but it was on one of the other ones. And I was like, oh, this is just from, like, the beginning of March. Like, oh, nice. But yeah, Paul, what yeah, you got? Uh, I have from, uh, you know, this is a brewery that I've enjoyed in the past, and I kind of uh, kind of got away from drinking a lot of it. Uh, but Breckenridge Brewery, you know, that used to be one of my go-tos in the rotation. And they came out with a 15er pack. And I think it was only uh, what nineteen ninety nine for the the fifteen or pack. Like it's five beers, uh, five different varieties of beers, uh, three of each of those cans. Which I I know I just spent last episode complaining and bemoaning the fact that the twelve variety pack variety packs come with four different beers with only three each, and I'd rather have three beers 
four each. But, you know, this is still a good, decent value. Um, one of the five beers is, of course, the Vanilla Porter. I'm not going to be talking about that on the show. I probably will only, only get through three of the beers uh, on the show. Uh, but I'm starting with the Strawberry Sky. It's a fruit-forward Kolsch-style ale with a delicate finish. And uh, this is straight up drinking like a strawberry juicy kind of thing. And it's got that Kolsch-y kind of you know, uh, tightness in, in the taste profile, I guess, right? Um, but like that nice. biscuity kind of malt? Yeah. Yeah, take a big sip. <laughs> sip. Well, because I'm like, let me see if I can taste biscuit. Like, because I wasn't thinking biscuit. I was thinking like a tight sweetness, like not a overly sweet. But, you know, uh, it kind of has that rich tart throughout. And, yeah, it's just a really mellow kind of finish. And it's, I wouldn't describe it as biscuity, but, yeah, a little subtle, subtle malt. Subtle malt sweetness at the end. Maybe biscuity. Maybe I'm, I, I'm happy that I have two more of these down the fridge. Would you Thanks. rather have four of them in there, and though? And then get rid of the vanilla. Well, I mean, vanilla, vanilla porters, like, I think they're, like, marquee, like, flagship beer. Like, I think that's the one that everybody knows. And that's the one that everyone would want to try if they haven't had it. Yeah. So, when what I got would this? Home you- yesterday, I uh, well, I bought it yesterday, and then I or maybe two days ago, and I was going to go. I went in to give blood uh, yesterday, and then my iron was too low again, so I couldn't donate blood. So I'm like, well, at least I got a vanilla porter at home. <laughs> so I had one. So I want to. I'm not so willing Paul, to trade your, the vanilla porter. Your mission uh-huh. for the rest of the episode. Think about it. If you were to cut one of the beers so you could have like a replacement of one of each of the other ones, find the weakest link. Okay. John, what you got? Uh, I'm drinking from Victory Brewing. They're Prima Pils, German-style Pilsner, 5.3%. This beer was pretty prevalent years ago. It was one of their big staples. They haven't made it in years. Um... But, and I haven't had it in years. And when I had this beer, I wasn't really a Pilsner guy. Um, <clears throat> but drinking it now, it's really crushable. It's really refreshing. It's really nice. Out of the beers in the last month or so that I've had that fit this realm, um, Bell's, Lager of the Lakes, Oscar Blues, um, Mama's uh, Little Little Yellow Pills, Victory Prima Pills, the Dogfish Head, like out of those big main breweries, that's the order I I like them in. Like Lager of the Lakes, uh, Oscar Blues, then this. Like this is really good. I would want maybe a little more oomph to it. And I say that knowing that my next beer is a double dry hopped version of this beer. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that double dry hopped is going to differ from this beer. Back in the day, John, you used to be like, ah, Pilsners, they taste like nickels. Yeah, there like, was some that just had that, they just had that metallic-y yeah. kind of taste to it. Um, now, I think... We were I drinking mean, primarily back then out of bottles. Yeah. Now out of cans, 
where you're getting less metallic taste as well. I think so. Okay, I'm just wondering. Yeah. Because you would think out of can, you would get more metal, right? Like, is that See, just well, weird of I mean, me to think? That's, that's the thought process when these things were actually made out of tin. Oh. Like, when cans were made out of tin, like, in the 50s and 60s and 70s, yeah, they probably did have, like, a little bit of a tinny taste because they're rusting yeah. from the liquid inside. These are alloys. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing there's nothing coming off of these. Where the caps, they they seem to put more of a taste on those the bottle heads. Sometimes, too, when you pop a cap, you see this. It's got crud on the top, and I always, like, clean off the bottles even before I pour it. Um cans i think i i prefer drinking my beers out of cans versus a bottle and if i have a bottle i usually pour it i usually don't drink straight from the bottle hmm. so i usually do too but today i'm just being lazy and so there yeah. so the breweries have gotten better at brewing pilsners with and i, I think my my tastes have changed a lot and i think also Back when we started, when we started really becoming beer snobby kind of guys, these would be beers that we would kind of, kind of, yeah, don't don't really want that. Last the the beer that I the Pilsner I remember us liking when we weren't really into Pilsners was Euro Trash from Southern Tier, and who even remembers when that beer was made? Yeah, and then also Great Lakes uh, the Wright Brothers Pills. Yeah, you liked that. I didn't. I don't oh. think I liked that. Um, but yeah, I I've the last two years I've really come around to the lager and pilsner style where I do like them, and there are some beers that I'm like, yeah, it tastes like a bunch of nickels, and uh, you put a bunch of nickels in my can. I think it just is the process that it's being made and probably has something to do with the shipping. I think. Back in the day when we were drinking those beers, we weren't looking for bottle dates. We didn't know how long ago that beer was shipped. We were just like, just grabbing beer and going. Like, mm-hmm. it was a rare occasion for us to be like, well, this doesn't taste right. When was it bottled? What do you think happened? Oh, you left it in your car overnight and it was freezing out? Oh, that probably did, wasn't good. Like, we didn't think like that then. We just, oh, I'm taking this beer to Paul's house tomorrow to record the podcast. I'll leave it in my car. It's cold out, right? Yeah. You know, like, we didn't think about that stuff. So sometimes we probably ruin those beers. Just like we ruined all our beers in our our, <laughs> our, our, uh, our beer cellars by not drinking them and just letting them go bad. Yep, yep. Hey, you live and you learn. Sometimes things get better with age. Uh, sometimes they don't. One thing that does get better with age, though, is Obi-Wan Kenobi. And, guys, we get to wait just a little bit longer (laughs) before we get the Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, release date. It was moved back from May 25th to May 27th. Um, I did want to mention it on this week's episode because I know last week's episode, the news broke before we recorded it. And John, like, was very nice and pointed out that, hey, Paul, you were actually right. With the Obi Wan Kenobi trailer date, it's going to be May twenty fifth. You, you mentioned that hey, it could be May the fourth, or you know, uh, I said May. Well, maybe it'll be May twenty fifth. 
and now uh, uh, the universe is like, nope. And Lucasfilm yeah, was like, nope, Paul can't, can't be right. right. We need to Paul push this back. Um, there was no solid reason for the delay for this, but a lot of people are actually assuming it was due to the fact that this year's Star Wars celebration is taking place the exact same weekend, and they might want to be tying it into the release of Obi-Wan. And then also giving everybody that's going to be traveling to Star Wars Celebration a chance to actually watch it before they start talking about it and having panels and discussions and seeing behind-the-scenes stuff for the show uh, before they had a chance to watch it. So it would kind of make sense to have it debut a couple days later. That way everybody can already be there, see it, and then kind of live in the moment. Um, when this does is Star the, Wars Celebration start? Uh, the 26th. So, the Thursday. Yes, the 26th through 29th. So, instead of releasing it a day before the celebration, release it the day after it starts? Yes. So people can talk about it? They'll probably have, like, a, a premiere for it. Yeah, they'll probably there. have, like, a show, like a showing of it. But also, I think... That's if, what I, I assumed. If you're flying in or driving to... I think it's in Anaheim? Yeah. Uh... And it comes out Wednesday, and you are traveling all day Wednesday. You might not have a chance to see it, and then when you get there, everybody's already going to be talking about it. But everybody still probably would have seen it. That's just one of the suppositions. Um, This is the only Friday release date for the series. Every other episode will still be coming out on Wednesday. They just pushed back that delay for the premiere for the two episodes. Did they mention that then we will actually get episode three on June first? Uh, it would be that Wednesday. I don't have my yeah. calendar open, June but yes, first is that Wednesday. It was so, confirmed that they were just pushing back the premiere for the first two episodes because it was going to just be one. Then they pushed it back two days, and now they'll be giving you two. But then the next week and every week after that, it will still be Wednesday. So we're not going to wait. That next that next Wednesday will be episode three. And then, so it's not like next Wednesday, nothing. Yeah, no, they're not. They're not. They're not going to be withholding. Are they just trying to make room because they have so many Disney Plus? You know, I, I'm putting it in air quotes. Nerdy Disney Plus series coming out. Like we're up against Moon Knight coming out, right? And that's ending right before Obi Wan starts. Right? Does, um, does Moon Knight end on the 25th? No, because no. it's only it's only what six episodes. I think it was six. So, so you got four more episodes. So one, two, three, four. Okay, so that's May fourth that ends. So you got two weeks, be- two weeks yeah. and two days before. Obi-Wan and and starts. I and then when does Miss Marvel start? Is that the next one? Was that right. June seventh? I want to say. I don't know why that day is in my mind. I can. Type yeah, it in quick while I'm actually saying it's June 8th. I was really close. Wow, look at me so, go. And I'm pretty sure June I'm pretty 8th sure is they when Obi Wan's happening still. They, I'm pretty sure they wanted Moon Knight to end right before Doctor Strange comes out because Doctor Strange is that May what fifth or sixth? Right? Yeah, May yeah May sixth. But you know, with movie releases, they do the early preview night and then the midnight release of the early preview. So there's like Wednesday releases for a technically Friday released movie, or Wednesday showings for Friday movie. 
It's all fine, though. Um, I don't <clears> mind, like, the two-day delay, especially because it just means I'm going to be getting two episodes. And something we were talking about in the pre-show chat that we always have, I really enjoyed Moon Knight. The first episode kind of left me wanting, but the second episode delivered everything I would have wanted to see in that first one. And if it had come out back-to-back like Obi-Wan's going to be, or like WandaVision did, where I have that first one to kind of, you know, introduce me to the world, the characters, and then that second one to really grab me, I think I would have had a much stronger reaction to Moon Knight last week when that first one came out, if I had seen that cliffhanger and then gone into it like, okay, yeah, now now we're all in. Because as soon as it got my attention, that's when the episode ended. Uh, yeah, and like I have to say, I think I said last week when we were talking off show I and we were talking about Moon Knight, I said like I was surprised they didn't do two episodes because that first episode got me because I'm a Moon Knight fan and I enjoy the character. But, like, I watched it a second time with my mother-in-law and my wife. And my mother-in-law was like, I don't know what the hell's going on. And Caitlin was like, I kind of have an idea because my husband's a nerd and has probably talked to me about this. But they were willing to give it a second a second shot. And, like, after the second episode, Caitlin's like, yeah, I want to see where this is going. And my mother-in-law was just like, I still am lost. <laughs> Um, the, after watching the second one, Yanni was like, I don't know what's going on, but I know I'm not supposed to know what's going on, and I like it. <laughs> and that's the thing, like, you're supposed to be kind of lost because you're kind of seeing everything through Steven's eyes, so it makes sense. He doesn't know what's going on either. So he's still going by Steven and not Mark yet? I don't know, Paul. Watch it. <laughs> I'll watch it. Yeah, I, like, Paul, I think you'd I think you'd like it. And I know like <laughs> most of these Marvel shows you've either watched or you've waited till a couple episodes were out mm-hmm. to watch them. But just think about like Loki. Like Loki, you weren't there right in the beginning and then all of a sudden yeah, you were like Yeah, I'm all caught up, guys, like this is the greatest show ever. Also it took just, a while. Episode two has I like Steven as that kind of point of entry character. And I think there's some gold in episode two with him. Like where he's like, eh, she said, I need to have a suit. And he's like, Oh, what are these? Quickly. Oh, cool. Like, uh, <laughs> it's fun. I, it's, it's still magic get that, like that fun. And there's like that right amount of like creepy horror with the conscious stuff that I just, I, yeah. w- I want more of that. Yeah, I like I I really enjoy all the Kanchu stuff. Uh it all just it to me it all kind of seems to seems to work. So Man. I do have a question for you guys. Yeah. For, uh, we can oh. today or maybe it was yesterday. Yeah, it was no, it was Tuesday more than likely. So who knows what day it was. But anyways, uh Star Wars Lego Star Wars the complete Skywalker saga mm-hmm. came out. Is this a video game that either you two are interested in? Is this a video game? Have you played any of the Lego Star Wars video games? Uh, yeah. So I got head nods. So, yeah, uh, John, do you want to go? Uh, I saw that this came out. 
I've played some of the Lego Star Wars games. I think I played more of the Indiana Jones Lego games because it came with my Xbox. Mm, Uh, They're fun. I get bored with them. But I wouldn't mind sitting and playing like this game with my son in a year or two. But you can. But I also like. Was that? But you can wait a year or two for that price to come down. Just... Yeah, or for PlayStation to give it to me for free. You know, like yeah. they give free games away every month. Um, yeah, like, and I don't even know. Like, I saw it said the the complete Star uh, Skywalker saga. And then I was like, is that going from... One to nine. One to nine? That seems a bit much. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not that much. Um, I, <laughs> it's, it's, it's nine movies! It's, it's nine movies, it's nine but movies. it's also like condensed down into video game form. Like, I played the Lego Star Wars Complete Saga. Uh-huh. I forget. Whenever that one came out on Xbox 360... Um, and it's not similar, but I also had the Lego Indiana Jones because I had that. I think it was like a two pack. It was that and like Lego Batman when I got my Xbox. Hmm. Um, or it might have been something else. I can't remember because I know I played Lego Batman at some point. Uh, and I also completely played through both the Lego Harry Potter games. Um, uh, Chris, I, I'm sorry to inform you. You never played the Lego Batman movie. It's just that it was a commercial on one of the Harry Potter DVDs so you just feel like you played it. I did. I know I did. Um, and also the Lego movie came out a long time after. Uh, I really enjoy the Lego games. They are just kind of pick it up have fun with it. Like It has like the weird sense of humor. Um, I played more of the Harry Potter ones than anything else because I want to unlock all the secrets and all the characters and all the spells in those ones. Um, I would definitely play the Skywalker saga. I've sat down and watched like the Lego Star Wars, like the holiday special that they had uh-huh. last Christmas, even just like the Star- uh, Lego Star Wars droid tales. I've watched all those and I never had Legos growing up. I got my first Lego set for Christmas this past year. And put that together. I was like, wow, Legos are fun. Who knew? Um, I I would definitely pick it up. And I think, John, it would be perfect for you and Grayson to play through. But I also think you would have fun with it. Like, just... Oh, I I 100% would have fun with it. But I I don't know if I would feel guilty. Because there's been a couple games that I've been like, oh, I'd like to play this with Grayson. I'm not... there's no, there's no way he's going to be able to play this, but like I, the two months ago, they gave out the Lego DC Villains game, Ooh. and I was like, oh, this would be kind of cool. I w- I'd like to play this, but I was like, I'll wait till my son's a little bit older, because then I'd like to experience it with him and not just have played through it, because I'm less likely to want to play it again with my son. Oh, you'll be less likely. I'm like, wait, don't you want to seem like a genius and know everything? It's a Lego, or just, it's a Lego game. It's not just, that hard. Or just give him a controller and be like, hey, here you go. Just not turn it on. You're playing with play. him. Uh, yeah, he knows how to turn on the PlayStation well, that, controllers. Yeah, there you go. Just 
it's a Lego game. It's not like he, he's going to ruin anything. It's not like you're playing like Elden Ring or something where it's going to set you back. I don't know. Just saying. But guys, I'm going to get my beer. Does anyone has anything else to bring up or do I head into the books that we're looking forward to? I'm ready to talk about my beer. Go for it, Paul. Talk about your beer. All right. Then I will. And this is, uh, like I said before, Breckenridge Brewery. This is their Avalanche Amber Ale. And this is supposed to be caramel mop body with a light hop character. And this is just a light, refreshing beer. This isn't... There's not caramel body to it. There's just... You know, um... Not much to it. It's not bad. It's... So far, this is... I'm giving this the eye of like you might be the worst beer here. Uh, you might be, you might be out of this box. Avalanche is one that's been around a long time for yeah. them. I remember being able, you know, we used to be able to get that in six packs out here. We, we used to like, uh, didn't Break, uh, Breckenridge do Wake the Dead? Ooh. Which was their Nitro series. They had a Nitro series for a while. No. That. That in the Sawtooth? Wake, Wake the Dead was no, a left hand. That's left hand. Oh, left yeah, hand. Sawtooth, yeah. Sawtooth, okay, that's who I'm thinking of. Okay. I I get more beers from Boulder Brewing and... Um, what are you... Uh, what, what, what beers are you drinking again? Breckenridge. Breckenridge. Breckenridge and Boulder. Because Boulder had that shake chocolate porter that was really good. And they're both Colorado breweries. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't hate it. It's just like it's like on a hot summer day, like this would be fine to drink. Though it's called an amber ale, which would like usually scare me off if I'm thinking, "Oh, light and refreshing." Amber ale should have that a bigger malt characteristic. I would think, you know, something, yeah. something that kind of punches me. And this is just crisp and light throughout. So. Does it have any maltiness to it, or Not no? That I'm just... picking up, but I am coming right off that strawberry Kolsch that had that, yeah. you know, big. But I'm like two thirds of the can in now, where I've been like really searching for it. So I, I mean, I if you think gotten acclimated by now, if you think like Fat Tire is an amber ale, mm. Fat Tire's got probably you know it's got a little bit of that multi character, but it's. Nice, super easy drinking beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is in that like, flat tire realm. Um, I am a little congested, so maybe that's messing with my uh, taste buds as well. So maybe I'm not picking up on some <clears throat> of the subtleties. And I couldn't tell you the last time I had an avalanche. But uh, what are you drinking now? Because you are drinking something now. Yeah, I'm drinking the dry hopped Prima Pills from Victory. Uh, this is 5.3% same ABV, but this is hopped with Moteca, Vict- Vic Secret, and Galaxy. And this is this is very good. This is a nice drinking beer. If I hadn't had the Prima Pills before this, I probably would really like it. But the hopping of this beer doesn't... It doesn't add to Prima Pills. It kind of takes away from it. Um, it's not bad. It's 
very easy drinking, but I would take a regular Prima Pills over this any day. So what's happening? So with the hops, is it just muddying the water, so to speak, where it's no longer that refreshing, like, crisp beer? So the, the crispness, the biscuitiness of the Pilsner is kind of gone. You get a nice little spicy, zesty, um, grape kind of grapefruit hoppiness to it. Like it's not a bad beer. If I if you gave this to me without me having the Prima Pills and just said this is a nice like IPL or something like that, I probably would re- I would really like this. Knowing that the base beer of this is is. Prima Pills that I just drank mm-hmm. and that the dry hopping was there. I was kind of interested to seeing something elevating what was in there, not mm-hmm. kind of changing the beer completely. So it's not bad. I like it. I think I gave the victory Prima Pills. I just checked into it. I gave it a three and a half. I would probably give this a three two five to a three and a half. Um, because I would drink this. This is a good beer, but I don't, I don't see it. It's not elevating Prima Pills. That makes sense. It does. Chris, how can you possibly elevate off a $12.99 four pack coffee, bourbon, barreled, uh, funky Buddha beer? Uh, and I will tell you how we do that in a second. But first, I do want to inform you guys that I'm assuming the last time any of us had an avalanche was June 8th, 2012, because we all checked into it on Untapped. <laughs> uh, Paul, Paul, you gave it a two. John and I Whoa. both gave it threes. So you didn't like it then and you don't like it now. Yeah, I'm just not wowed by it. It's not... But, you know, that's that's kind of the fun of Untapped because I honestly don't ever even remember having that beer, but apparently I did with, with the both of you, probably for a podcast. So Ten if, years ago, wow. If, if anyone's feeling super industrious and wants to go back and look, uh, 2012 in June, that's where you can hear our original reviews of uh, Breckenridge Avalanche. But the way I go big after a $12 four-pack is with a $16.99 four-pack. And this is coming from one of my favorite breweries from my time when I lived in Michigan, and I have such fond memories of this brewery, of their beers, and I'm so glad that I can uh, constantly still get to find them down here. Uh, This is from New Holland Brewing, and this is the Dragon's Milk Solera. And this is one of their newer Dragon's Milk beers. Variations, And this is done using a fooder system, which I was not familiar with at all. So I looked it up. And it's basically a way of aging beers where you kind of chain through the barrels that you're aging everything in. And the final barrel that you're aging everything in is called the Solera. So that Solera... Uh, barrel is going to have all the flavors from all of the previous batches. So as you continuously go through like all of your other barrels, every final pull that you have from that last barrel 
is going to have the memories and the remnants of the pull from before. Uh, I'm kind of sad that I'm getting this like fresh as soon as it became available because I would love to see how this changes and ages over time. Uh, this was the seventh pull because they actually do have it listed oh. on the bottle. So this is the seventh pull from their final fooder, the Solera, uh, on March 2nd, uh, 2022 at 1249. Um, this is absolutely beautiful. It's a fantastic uh, oak barrel aged stuff. Like, it has an amazing sweetness on it. I was actually trying to look up like how they do this because again with Dragon's Milk they usually take their beer, they age it in different bourbon barrels. Bam, you got yourself a Dragon's Milk. I was curious if they actually take something that they've already pre-aged and then are aging it in this system. I couldn't find anything about that. So I think they maybe just had like a base stout that's their dragon's milk and then they kind of branch out from there i could be very wrong i don't know um but when you go to dragonsmilk.com it does not have that information um it, but it does walk you through the solera process and if you guys can find this i think definitely pick it up 16.99 for a four pack i do not think is that outlandish at all because it is a new holland barrel aged product so you know it's quality. They have that time, that care. It's fantastic. And I just want to see what those further pulls taste like and just how it changes and what it's got, because it's, I don't think it's sweetened with anything. I think it's just like the barrels that they're using it, but Oh my gosh, like it's like a nice dark stone fruit on it. It doesn't have any tartness at all. I like the only tart that I'm getting is just kind of like a nice little dance on the middle of my tongue. And I'm assuming that's just more from like the oak barrel aging than anything else. Cause usually when you age things in a, in a fooder, it usually gives it a, usually you're, you're doing sours in that. Um, so that's why I ask. No, it's more of like, just like an, it's a nice <clears throat> oaky dance. Like it's not like a, okay. like a sour like a I'm tr- I'm trying to think like how to describe it but like a wine or like a port it doesn't have that it's it's more just like okay. I can tell it was barrel aged um, just because it has like that kind of like that darker like tannin on it but yeah no no sour uh, I said tart not sour I'm sorry. I, Synonyms. I, I view those as the same. But I, <laughs> if you guys find this, like, pick it up. Let me know your thoughts because I, I really dig this. Even just as like a a base version of this beer. If it just came out as like, a, hey, we did this beer with this. Like, oh, if this is just the bare bones dragon's milk, it's aged in oak barrels, not like a flavored rum or whiskey or anything like. This would still be just a fantastic dragon's milk variation. Yeah, I'll I'll talk to my my salesman and see if I can if he can get it because usually he misses the dragon milk varieties and then as soon as I bitch at him that how, how come we don't get any of these he's like I brought one in yesterday like so I'll uh, 
and see, that's the thing. Like, this is something I feel like I should pay more attention to because now that I don't live in Michigan, I don't follow them on anything because a lot of it was just like them putting out beers that there's no way I would be able to get. But the fact that Dragon's Milk is available in this area makes me think I should be paying more attention just to that release calendar and what they are coming out with, just so I know what to look for. Yeah. No, this sounded this sounds good. I'd like to try it. And you know what else I'd like? Uh, maybe a new book from Steve Niles. Ooh. Haven't had a book from him in a long time. He's the 30 Days a Night guy, right? He is. Yes. I'm saying that uh, for my own benefit and also the listeners. Because <laughs> that's the only thing I really remember of his. I think we've tried some other of his books. We've done, we've done a like few it. other stuff. and Yeah. We've I, we've read a bunch for the show because he's a writer that I'm like like Chris said when Chris said are you getting this book I was like yeah he's always worth a number one and Chris is like yeah he's he's got more hits than misses um, but this is uh, writer Steve Niles uh, Simon Kradansky on art and this is a town called Terror. Uh, this is a, a Henry West brutally kidnapped in the middle of the night while his wife, Julie, watches terrified. Henry wakes to the reality that his whereabouts, to the reality of his whereabouts, but Julie, with no evidence of the phantom crime, is unable to help uh, to search for him. So it's kind of look, it sounds like it's going to be two stories the wife trying to find him and him in a town called Horror. Um, uh, well, I'm I'm always willing to check out a Steve Niles book. I've probably said that a hundred times on this podcast over the last uh, going on thirteen years. Um, yeah, Tom Paul, Paul, I would rather go to uh, Erie, Indiana, <laughs> than a town called uh, called Horror. Uh, I don't know a town called Horror. Mm, I don't know. Uh, all the dogs about to uh, take over the town, they were about to do that. They were going to have a dog takeover, and they weren't going to be nice. Peeing all over it, fire hydrants, Paul. Yeah. Hey, if, if that kid hadn't gotten that retainer madness put on his head, he never would have been able to hear their thoughts and stop the uprising of the dogs. Well, it's going to get rough. Real rough. Whoa. You son of a bitch. We don't get to go now. Chris. <laughs> uh, I'm also looking to a little bit more of a horror-themed book. And this is coming out from DC Comics. And this is the Sandman Universe Nightmare Country, number one. Uh, and this You pick my book, I pick yours. <laughs> and this is uh, Dream sending one of his most famous nightmares, the Corinthian, on the hunt for another nightmare. But this one, Morpheus or Daniel did not create. Um, John, I'm glad you brought this one to my attention because I didn't see this when I had done my original picks. I always love me some Sandman spinoff books, even if it's not something that I continuously pick up, like, like later issues of. I always love to just dip my toes back into this universe. And as I go through and reread Sandman and pick up stuff in trade paperback, I know I'll eventually have all the Sandman books in trade in 
my library on my bookshelf that I can just keep going back to. And this actually got me excited because I'm like, man, we should have that Sad Man Netflix show coming out soon because it's supposed to be out sometime spring or summer of this year. I don't think they have an actual release date for it yet, but I'm hoping this is kind of one of those comic book tie-ins that's not a tie-in, but having it out there for people who do watch the show and want to know more about some of these characters have like some sort of presence in a comic book store. Sean's looking at things. He, he made up, eh, probably it just, not space. It just says uh, 2022. Mm. Okay, but that's... That's my pick. Paul, you were, you are now allowed to speak. Okay. As long as you don't make dog talk. puns. I'm glad that my last joke didn't cause you guys to flee. Um. <laughs> guys, X-Men. No, you don't 92. get to go. <laughs> you don't get to go. X-Men 92, House of X, or House of 92, number one. Uh, this is the... Remember how excited we were when Disney Plus said that they were going to bring back the 90s X-Men cartoon as X-Men 92? Well, apparently everybody's getting antsy over at Marvel, and they're just going to publish a book. Unfortunately, this book uh, deals with uh, Krakoa, uh, Krakoa, or whatever it is. Yeah, Krakoa, the, the weird living mutant planet that they build pot, you know, the sprout the weird gateways to and live in tree houses and they all come back. The thing about the X-Men that make them a little too much like the Eternals for me. You don't have to explain anymore. It's what they're doing with the X-Men I'm, I'm bored with. Yeah. And it, I was excited for this because I'm like, oh, this is going to be out of continuity. It's going to be just the X-Men that I loved as a kid in comic book form. Here I go. Let's go. And they're like, nah, <laughs> well, we're doing exactly what we're doing in the X-Men books, just with those characters, as if, you know, now, with the char- those characters. So I'm, I'm a little disappointed. But, you know, I'm still intrigued. It's being written by uh, Steve Foxe, F-O-X-E, and artist uh, Salvador Espin. So, uh, I don't know these people. And what's the title? What's the stupid title? It's X-Men 92. No. I'm, no, it's, it's, no, it's not. Okay, I'm sorry. X-Men apostrophe 92. Nope. Of- nope. No, it's not. Say it right. It is. He is. <laughs> it's X-Men apostrophe 92. House of X-C-I-I. Is that right? John? Yeah. Okay. So was I saying it right before? But Listen, I'm just, I'm, just get, I'm just getting you back for all your stupid puns. <laughs> they were great. <laughs> Too many, am I right? And now, a dramatic reading from Hellboy and the BPRD, part one. Of the secret of the Chesbro House, page one, panel two. Nice. And that was a dramatic reading from Hellboy in the BPRD, part one of the secret of the Chesbro House, page one, 
a panel two. I got a little nervous that I was supposed to read it. No, it was me. I was letting it linger. <laughs> He's had a pause. This is Hellboy sitting in front of a haunt. I'm guessing haunted house. I don't know. Did yeah. we read this or did was this something? Because I know I've heard that title before. I don't know if you picked it for the list. I picked it. You know what? Because it's the the writer of this. Uh, the writer of that book is someone that you like, Chris. Tom King. Um, James Tinian. Oh, no, the art by uh, Sean McManus. Oh, okay, yeah. I like Sean yeah. McManus, all right. He did some really good yeah. fable stuff. Um, which, by the way, I don't remember when it's coming out, and this is a spoiler for my pick for the list sometime within the next month. Uh, they're doing a new fables book. Not, not like an ongoing. Like they're just going to be doing like Fables num- number like one hundred and fifty one, which is kind of like a hey, ten years later catch up book by uh, Bill Willingham. Looking forward to it. That's a thing. Now my que- my question d- needs money. That's, that's the thing. My question to you guys: uh, Captain Lawrence Orange Lager for my next beer, or? Local Beltline Brewery Cold IPA. What do I go grab next? You've been enjoying those cold IPAs. I have. I am. I and do want to say, I everything I've had from Captain Lawrence before, I was not a big fan of. But then, like you came out with something like a couple years ago, and you're like, "Oh, Captain Lawrence is great." And I'm like, "I've never had anything I've liked from them." Powdered Powdered Dreams. Powdered Dreams. Yeah, that Powdered Dreams was really good. I don't know. Well, I'll grab both, and then if one's not good, I'll do the other. There you go. And we're uh, talking about comic books. This is the, the the main segment. What do we call it? Our uh... monthly look back. <laughs> Our monthly look. Or wait, or sorry, sorry. Do you mean what do we call topic. the main topic? Because you called it yeah. the main segment. Or do you what? <laughs> do you want to know what we call the main topic for this week, which is week the monthly is. look back? The monthly look back. Sorry, I just want to make sure. Did I say at the beginning this is episode number 477? Am I wrong? Very tired. Can I keep giving you you shit? You you can. But also, I'm I'm, I'm done with it now. This is the first time uh, we're doing the the monthly look back this way. That's right. Each one of us just brought one book for all of us to read. Because, you know, comicsology kind of screwed us over, and we no longer have that shared account. Um, so, there we go. And so, but listeners, look forward to this. Uh, Chris does an excellent job putting up our list, our, uh, yeah, the list picks up on Instagram, where uh, you can go and see what we're picking. And, yeah, say which book you would want us to be reading for, or reviewing for, the monthly look back. And if you have a suggestion, please put it there as well over on Instagram, which is just begging the broadcast. Right? Or, yeah. yeah. We're going to, yeah, we're definitely taking the time to kind of tweak how we do it now because we're basically asking each other to read one of our. We need to make sure that we've read it beforehand, that it's worth reading, or say, it's not great, but we can have a conversation about it because I think some of our best mm-hmm. review conversations are of books that we haven't liked, and so it definitely um, the new 
the new comicsology really puts a monkey wrench in our. I brought this month to uh, the three of us, Mark Wade's written World's Finest Batman and Superman, and unfortunately, I don't actually have it pulled up. Because I was looking up stuff about Mark Wade. Because well, I'm like, is this his what, return to DC comic books? Well, well you do do that. I just want to say uh, 477 episodes, if you think one out of every, I mean, four episodes, right? Every four episodes, we do a, a look a, a look back. Uh, we've done, we've done a, 119 of these. So we should get that title right. Right, Paul? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right, right, right. And I guess this episode is called Giving Paul <laughs> uh, And I, I was looking up at, uh, trying to look this up to see if this was actually Mark Wade's return to DC Comics since, I think, 2007? Is when he left to become the editor-in-chief over at Boom Studios? I want to say he did... And, because after that, he did go to Marvel for a while. He right. uh, he was doing a lot of, like, the Scorpion and the Shadow and stuff like that. I think he was doing a lot of those books. Right. Right. Over at uh, Boom. And then he did uh, Irredeemable and uh, Incorruptible. Then he went back over to Marvel and did, you know, Daredevil, which we loved. Um he did the Hulk series, Black Widow more uh, more recently, um, but yeah, and Champions he co-created the champ uh, with uh, Humberto Romeo, uh, Ramos. So I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm just gonna say it, and people can correct me later. This is uh, Mark Waits crying out for return to DC Comics. Like I don't know. What really left made him leave? He was like one of the big key figures over at DC in the mid two thousands. You know, he was one of the co creators of the fifty two comic book series, which was great. Um, he was like when he saw his he did Superman Birthright during the nineties. Like he was a mainstay over at DC comic books. So not only do we get Mark Wade returning. To DC, we get him returning to Superman. And so, Paul, you are 100% correct. Uh, this is his return to DC Comics. The last time he wrote for DC was in 2007 with um, that current version of like the Brave and the Bold series, which would just okay. be like, oh, this issue is going to be Supergirl with Lobo, but then that's going to lead into the next issue, which will be the Atom with... Martian girl, like they, it was that that weird kind of like fluid series. So yeah, good, good, good call, good memory, Paul. Well, also good Wikipediaing. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, uh, so in this book we have um, kind of two stories that happen, and there is a weird time jump in there. And I was nervous that John would hate it because it was like uh, we're, we're getting the current story, which is uh, Pamela Isley, Poison Ivy, is uh, making a huge tree monster. Avatar of the green, Pamela Isley. Oh, yeah. She's like, don't kill the green. Um, 
disrupting things right in front of the Daily Planet because she knows that we'll call Superman. And why does she know that? Because she's teamed up with Metallo. Uh, and they're going to get Superman. But little did Pamela Isley know that Superman is, of course, teamed up with Batman and Robin, and there's a big fight. And uh, unfortunately, uh, the villain's plan works a little well, and Metallo uh, is able to inject red kryptonite into the heart of Superman, which causes him to go through violent, crazy mutations. And uh, the only way to de-escalate the situation is for Batman to look into Superman's eyes and be like, dude, you know me. Bro. We're buds. Like, I got your back. We're buds. And don't you remember back in the day? And then in in the middle of the story, we're, we're thrown into a story where Superman... Where Batman has Superman's back. And he's like, I'll always be there for you. And this is Batman being like, hey, I got you back, man. I got your back, bro. I, I, I'm here. And uh, he, he stops him from, uh, you know, going complete rampage after a little while. And we get a very surprised cameo. From the Doom Patrol. Uh, I just want to say, like, also, surprise cameo in that, like, way back story. Not just, like, with the penguin and all his, like, 1960s, like, wah, 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 like, penguin. Uh-huh. But also, like, the Weaponers of Quart pop up in there. And I, I wasn't oh, yeah. expecting that. And then, like, literally, like you said, like, five page later, it's like, oh, the Doom Patrol. And then you get the, like, hallucinations where... Superman, under the influence of Red Kryptonite, thinks he's seeing Zod. Um, this book is crazy, but it's it's everything I didn't know I wanted it to be. It feels like such a throwback, too, because Lois doesn't know who Superman is. Like... Batman says, like, I'm the only person that you've entrusted the secret with. I know your first name. Lex Luthor doesn't. Like, nobody else does. Like, as the tower, as the Daily Planet is shaking, Lois is like, where's Clark Kent? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry, John. No, no, no. I was just kind of, I was just adding adding to what you're saying. On that note, too, like, the Robin that we're seeing is what we now know is the older version of the Dick Grayson costume. And we do see two versions of that because we see him as younger Robin, but then you see him also as the aged-up Robin, like, when, like, the main story is taking place because that's, like, the the Dick Grayson Robin costume. Yeah. I do have to say I do enjoy when... You see, you know, when there's these flashbacks and there is a Robin uh, interacts with Superman where, like, I know it was in the 90s, right? When Dick Grayson was thinking about going off on his own and, like, they talked about Nightwing. Mm -hmm. And Nightwing was this, like, mythological character. Flame Flame Bird and Nightwing. Yeah. So Nightwing kind of takes that as his, like, takes that mantle on as a homage to, you know, his friendship with Superman. Like, I like whenever they have Dick Grayson being that bridge, that that perfect middle of Superman and Batman. 
where Batman can't, I'll trust nobody. I'll always have a backup plan. Superman's like, I will trust everybody and be there to help them exactly when they need it, when they fall. If they fail, I'll help them back up. And Dick Grayson's right in the middle. Uh, he, he's like, hey, you know If you're going to fall, this is how you're going to fall. But I'm going to be there to sweep in and help you before you actually break your ankle. You know, you know what I'm trying to say, right? Like huh. the metaphor's going. I'm getting lost in it. But even even when you have Metallo attacking Superman, like you have Batman working on taking out Poison Ivy, and then Dick's jumping in there, like stabbing Metallo in the chest with his like stabbing, like get away from my friend, like. Yeah. Like, that's... That's huge. I I think, the, like, the biggest thing is... <clears throat> Mark Wade just is great at, like, in a way of, like, boiling these characters down and giving you a great version of those characters. And I think the number one thing is he pairs himself with great artists. The art in this book is superb. Like, it's it's beautiful. It makes me, when you say world's finest and it's going to be a Batman-Superman book, this is Batman in the daylight. This is a bright Batman. And the way that guy draws how the cowl is cut, it's just great. The book is just it's beautiful. Like this is an artist that I'm like, all right, I got to follow this guy now because he's great. He's a great artist. Dan, Dan Mora is one of those artists that I don't pay attention to. But then when I see him on, on a book, I'm like, who, who did this? This is fantastic. And I'm like, Oh, Dan Mora. I, I know him because he's drawn other books that I absolutely love. And I, he just keeps, slipping off like the table because he's great and but for me he's just not a name that's sticking in my head but then like again like I read World's Finest I'm like everything about this book just sings and it's like you said it's Batman in the daytime and it's such a weird smattering of characters like Zod the Doom Patrol Metallo Poison Ivy Everybody looks so good. Like Jimmy Olsen, like Lois Lane, like every, everybody's in this book. Like everybody's here and everybody looks fantastic. You don't have to put it so clean, so bold. Like it just, it works. And then it's like Dan Morris, like, oh yeah, I know he's a great artist. I've seen him before, but I just, he just doesn't register for me and he needs to. I mean, especially because he's done like a lot of the Buffy stuff. His his layout, everything. Like, I'm just going to send one over. Like, I just think this is a great-looking page. And it's nothing, like, absolutely, like, oh, it's the best layout ever. You know, it's not um, – oh, who's J. – J. Yeah, it's not J.H. Williams III, but it's just, like, everything about this, the flow of the page just, like, to me, just really works. Like, it's just, like – boom 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 kind of a kind of a thing and and he's it's like every page is like that i appreciated that he was he drew poison ivy or she was definitely still like human uh, sultry oh and human without being overly cheesecake like there was no she was never in a pose that was like just like really you know what i mean you know 
yeah, she gets tied up right away. But like when she's sitting on top of uh, the, the, the on the roof of the Daily Planet, she's not like sprawled out in a weird sexy pose way. Yeah, sexy pose that sometimes uh, comic book creators just feel the need to do. Yeah, you know, and uh, happy that didn't happen. Yeah, I. And this is, I think, you know, I, I think when you were saying that you were going to pick this book, we had a big conversation about just anytime I see Mark Wade's name attached to a book, I'm there. Like, yeah. he, he, you know, he's a guy. He, he's he a guy in his fifties, and he's writing Archie, and it's great. And again, like he teams up with a great artist, like. I think Staples was on uh, Archie. Yeah, he, I'm sorry, I was yawning. It was Fiona Staples, is who I said. But he always just has an eye for artists that he's like, oh, I want to work with them. And then at this point, he's he's Mark Wade, and he just says like, "Hey, Alex Ross, uh, I got an idea for a DC comic book. It takes place in the future. It's called Kingdom Come. Do you want to do the art for that? Yeah, okay, cool." Uh, Paula Rivera, I know you do like a lot of covers and stuff. Your art's great. You want to work on my book? My Daredevil book? Oh, you want to? Yeah. And then Chris Omnia, I'm going to be doing a bunch of books, and uh, you and I just look great together. Let's do <laughs> let's do three or four books together. Like, he just finds those. He just, it's just, I don't know if it's editorial or what, but it's just like, I'm going to write this book, and I'm going to find the perfect artist to accentuate, you know, to make that book even better by putting Uh, these people together. I just sent you guys one of my favorite panels from the book, and it's when uh, Batman and Superman kind of do the switcheroo to to rescue Robin. And it's literally just Superman, like, revealing himself, like, after he's been attacked. And he's just like, tickles! Was was that (laughs) enough time that you needed? And it's just... It's Superman having fun being Superman, which I think is something that you don't ever really get to see because he's he's the everyman who's not an everyman. Like he's never like enjoying what he's doing because he's like feeling that weight, like the responsibility. But like for this, it was like just that fun, like hey, I got you. Like, did you get the kid? And so much of that joy, not just that Superman's feeling, but like. I think Mark Wade and Dan Moore had in making this book shows through in that panel for me that this is, we were talking about it at the front. As far as my, my favorite book of the month. And I'm glad you picked it up because this seems like one of those books that you don't need to buy because it's not going to tie into something. It's not going to be like big to the continuity or the canon. But what it is, is just a fun Superman and Batman read. And you're getting a lot of like weird, funky characters in it. And I hope they keep pulling this thread where you never know what you're going to get in that next issue. Because it, it could be anyone, it could be anything. And I had a lot of fun with it. And that's important when you're reading something that you enjoy. Like you want to have fun with it. This is the book that I would have scrolled past because it's a world's finest. Oh, it's Batman Superman. What are they going to do that's going to make me want to read this? 
this uh, is and the, I didn't see that it it was Mark Waid. Yeah, <laughs> Mark Waid is what is the, would make me want to read this. Honestly, this is the book that I dropped off of years ago because we had a Batman Superman comic coming out from DC that was kind of the same thing where it was just like rotating team of creators telling stories about Batman and Superman and they would cross paths with other people but ultimately like it was just kind of like a like an artist and writer showcase where they could just have like a team on it move them off you put someone else on it you move them off like the first arc was Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis which that okay bright a lot of fun like I I really dug that and then like I can't remember who came out Afterwards, but I I read that book for probably about like a year and a half, and then I was like, I don't need to keep buying this because I I'm not in, invested in it. And right off the bat, like I'm invested in this book. I was literally just going to say, who did the Batman Superman book with Ed McGinnis? So thank you for Jeff Loeb because I, I was going to be like. You know, Shazam, he was in the costume, and then he got he got blasted, and then he burst out of the thing, and he's got the... Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. But I, I got strong vibes of that from this, but I feel like this will keep keep on that level. Yeah. And we're all agreeing that it is a feature that this is out of continuity. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's, it's out of current continuity. It, as, soon, as soon as this jumps into, like... What's actually happening? I don't think I enjoyed anymore because I want this to be that fun world's finest. Like I get to see these characters interacting with each other in ways or with other characters that you normally wouldn't. Because when are the Doom Patrol going to pop up and anything else having to do with Superman and Batman? Like they're they're not going to. Yeah, but man, that stinger at the end, guys. Where the doctor's getting ready to okay. do surgery with a bunch of kryptonite instruments. <laughs> Just like Robin be like, you you can't be serious. Like, is, we're doing this? The, paraphrasing. I don't remember what the actual last panel are was. You out like. of your, are you out of your yeah. mind? Because then you like, have a uh, gigantic girl be like, the doctor will see you now. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it, it was a breath of fresh air. Like, Everything about it. And, like, as soon as I started reading it and we got to a certain point, I went, wait, who's writing it? And then I was like, oh, Mark Wade." And then I was just like, oh, man, I love how this guy's drawing the the cowl on Batman. Mm-hmm. And then I went back well, and I was like, Dan Mora. Like, oh, man, what do I know Dan Mora? also Mo- got that Superman-esque curl. Oh, well, it's also like the... The earlier versions of these characters, too. Because if you know, it's like Batman, he's got, like, the blue and gray. It's like that yeah. Neil Adams with, like, the yellow oval. Like, it's definitely meant to be them more in their kind of earlier years. Yeah. Um, but also, I like and that the- it's not the overly dark, grim and gritty Batman. It's like, I have to take him out. It's like, it's literally him being like, hey. I gotta save my friend. You, you trusted me with your name. Who else would know this? Clark. Like, it's me. You gotta trust me. Listen to me. Like, I... It's so good. So good. Yeah. Paul. Paul. Thank you. Paul, no, we, chalk we this gave one. you shit. We gave you shit. But it's because you have redeemed yourself. So we were... Here. We had to balance it out. Paul, I, had I had to drop you down because it's like, this is like one of the best things Paul's ever brought to the podcast was this book. 
look forward to when I bring uh, X Men ninety two. How's it? X Men Charlie X C X. Yeah. Uh, uh, John, do you want to go next, or do you want me to go? Uh, next? yeah, I can go next because mine's a DC book. Okay. Uh, and I am bringing to the table a black label book, and this is Rogues. This is uh, written by Joshua Williamson, drawn by Leo Max. And this is uh, Leonard Snart, Captain Cold, in his 50s, 60s. Mm-hmm. Old man, broken, has no money. He's living in a van down by the river, uh, who is finally fed up with trying to live the straight and narrow because he's being mocked, which pushes his buttons, that he's getting a team back together for one big score, which is robbing Gorilla Garad in Gorilla City. And um, he gets Golden Glider, he gets Bronze Tiger, he gets uh, uh, Mag- Magnitude? What was her name? Uh, Magenta. 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 Uh, he's get, he, get, he gets Heat Trickster. Wave. Trickster. Heat Wave. I, sorry, not to get too far into it, but I just like that Heat Wave was like, oh, you're doing shit? Okay, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's fine. I got nothing else going on. I'm just Wait, burning buildings. You got a speech you want to give me? You don't need to do it. It's like, yeah, it's a good speech. Like, it's fun. And Joshua Williams, I think, is one of those guys that, like, loved what Jeff Johns did with the rogues and is now telling, like, an old an old man kind of, like, this is old man Captain Cold kind of a story. But they're still losers. Uh, every Everybody on the team, you know, like... And if you're like, oh, Golden Glider, she's got her life together. No, she doesn't, because why would she fall back in with them? She's still she's still a loser. She'd give away her life of actually helping people because she's a sucker for listening to her brother, and it's still a way to get rich. It's still a way to... Well, I think what got me to was when he was, like, he had the team put together, and he was doing his, like... Slideshow, and I can't remember which of the rogues it was. It's like, oh, you know, he's serious when he puts together a slideshow. <laughs> it's like, it's like we're not trying to like, like break the bank on this one. Like, we need to just get enough. Like, we're, we're gonna get in, we're gonna get out. But like, the goal is, we only take what we're gonna need, and that just shows like this is a guy that's just at the end of his rope. Like, he just doesn't want to be. Like that low man or like middle management on the totem pole anymore. Like he needs to just like I I don't want this life of being like chased down. I don't want this nine to five life. I just just want to be left alone. And I think it's telling too in the art. Like when you're looking through everything, everything done in like the first maybe like three quarters of this book, it's all just very golden colored. Like it's definitely you're reading this as them in their golden years. And as soon as he gets the team put back together, it's that straight up, like 
Captain Cold, blue and white. Like, it's all just like, hey, I'm in control now. I'm taking control of my story. Like, we're doing this. And this is a black label book that it does have some salty language in it. So parents be warned. Like, they say the F words in it. But it's not distracting. It's not like the the goddamn Batman book from yeah. years ago. Like You're not seeing Batman's dick or Captain Cold's yeah, like dick it, in it. It doesn't feel gratuitous or forced. It's just like the rogue sitting around after a heist in a bar being like, shit, what? Like it it feels organic. And I think that this works best as a uh, a black label book for that reason. Like yeah. this, this could be the like current continuity in the future. Like this could be a thing, but the fact that it's just them like being dude bros, like Grod sitting at a bar, like drowning his sorrows. Like, uh, that's not Grod. It's not it's, Grod. It's not Grod. Who was it? Just another. That's the whole joke is that it isn't Grod. Oh, okay. People keep on up it. Come up to him at the bar saying, Hey, you're Grot. Oh, you're not That's Grot. It, yeah. He was Sam. like a, another gorilla from Gorilla City who became like a detective, like Detective Chimp. But gotcha. his, okay. But his not wife left him to go work for Detective Chimp because he's such a loser. Gotcha. I, I missed that part of it. And I was surprised when Captain Cold brought his team together that he didn't include him. You know, to get but, the gold. But that guy was because the... the guy the, the the not the mark at that point, but that's the guy that they got the info from. Yeah. Like, and he's he's worked for like ten years on this plan, like picking and choosing since then. Um, but man, how were were you guys at all? Like, Weather Wizard is dead. Since who was who else was dead? Oh, Captain Boomerang. And I'm yeah. like, oh man, not not really. Um, well, I like because again, he's like. Somebody else says, like, well, you're only here because Weather, Weather Wizard is dead and he needs a heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's uh, Magenta. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's a trickster, just being a jerk. Jesse. Uh, Je- uh, I, James uh, Jesse. Is it James Jesse, Jesse or is it the young kid? James. No, it's no, James it's Jesse, Jesse because okay. he got he got uh, plastic surgery to look younger. And when, like, Snart calls him, I was like, oh, you don't look over 40. Like, you see him being like, oh, I look 40. 40 and like he's like kind of playing with his face um and i also like when bronze tiger is like uh every time you call me tiger i know you're saying my name but it sounds like you call me yeah, bitch. bitch and starts like no, if i want to call you a call bitch, you bitch call, call you a bitch, bitch. <laughs> i i did i like this book a lot um this i'm trying to think of something else to kind of equate it to but Rogue One's kind of the closest thing coming to my mind. I feel like seeing them on this, like, final heist, like, just one more, let's just do okay for ourselves. Like, it's going to be that Rogue One. Like, you're going to see people go off one at a time. And I, I think Ocean's I'm... Ocean's Eleven meets uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah, I, yeah. I, think I'm, I think I'm okay with that kind of, like, goodbye to the Rogues. Like, doing... Doing what they love, doing what they do best. Like I, I hope this is what that book becomes because I think that would be this what what they've earned. Like this book either ends with Captain Cold 
dying to save his friends or everybody dying, him not getting the money and still being the loser. Like those are the two, those are the two oh, spots. So going to work on Monday. Yeah. Like those are the two places that it can go. Like it can't go. They get away with it. It has to be either he dies and doesn't get anything or he loses everything and is still just a loser. Like, that's it. Like, there's no in-between. It's got to be one or the other. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to seeing which way it goes. I'm okay. I'm okay with any of them, honestly. <laughs> um, so, John, I, I think we're in agreement. Paul's going to keep picking yeah. up World's Finest. Do you keep picking up he's, ropes? He's only got one more episode, one more issue. Well, he, he, that's it. This yep. is an ongoing. No, it's a black label. It's one and two. Wait, are you talking about World's Finest or? Oh no, no, uh, his book. Oh no, I was asking like. Sorry, you're going to keep picking up World's Finest, Paul, right? Right. Mm-hmm. John, do you pick up the next part of? I thought it was a three-part thing. Well, well come on. I, uh, Maybe better. It's only one of two, right? I'm, I'm, I'm picking up... <laughs> it, I'm it was like $7. It was a little bit pricier. Like This felt more like that Black Label prestige. I'm picking up uh, issue two of World's Finest, and I'm picking up issue two of, of this, because right, right. I can't read Paul's copies anymore. We're, we're all buying all these books now. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm staying on both of them. I... I mean, we gushed about the the previous book, and yeah, this and like the art, the art fits the story. Like yeah. Lemonax, Lemonax, whoever the art, yeah, Leo Max, I think. I I, I, think I wasn't a big fan. Max. I wasn't a big fan of the art at the beginning because um, I'm used to seeing flash books like that, big, bold, bright, energetic, and coming into this black label book where it's it's not that but also this isn't that version of the rogues it took me like halfway through reading it to kind of like okay like these these aren't my rogues anymore like these are my rogues that have stopped they've all moved on for one way or another because as soon as I start thinking flash I think that like 1990s, 2000s, like mm-hmm. Jeff Johns, like Scott Collins, like that very bright primary color, like bold jumping off the page. And this is very much more muted, subdued colors. Um, but that, and that's just again feeding into who these characters are now at this stage in their lives. Like they're working in box factories, like they're doing self defense courses in a park like they're not i mean besides heatwave who's just starting fires for insurance money like, <laughs> yeah. n- nobody's doing anything they're all surviving none of them are thriving mm. yeah i the the only golden glider i think is she's in a position where she's really she's really helping people but she's not helping the one person she really wishes she could her brother uh, what I really love is like the rogues because it's called rogues, but in the circle of the O, 
is like a skull with the Captain Cold goggles on it. Like, oh, it's so it's so cool. Um, but yeah, no, I I really I really like the book. It felt like it just like it fits in the it fits in that world. Like where um, these guys would be at the end of their rope. Do you guys have any other beers you wanted to jump into before we head into our final book? Uh, yeah, so I opened up the Orin Crusher, orange-flavored lager from Captain Lawrence. And this tasted like a bad orange fruit snack dissolved mm. in my in my beer. There's a really bizarre... Like, oh, this orange isn't bad. Ooh, it's weird bitter on the back side here. It's not – it just didn't work. Um, and not a bitter like a sour, like bitter like a – that's not right. Uh, so I opened up the Beltline Cold IPA called Cold Loop, 6.6%. And this is delightful. This is a great, uh, really great beer. I did, I did the Paul Swig. The Paul Swig. <laughs> You got that kind of nice lagery, lagery, bready, malty tongue with this nice grapefruit kind of hop, grapefruit rind on it. Like everything just works really, really well with this beer. This is great. Like I want more of this, just like I want more of the cold IPA from Community uh, Beer Works that I had last show. Like. This is definitely something I want to continue to sit and sip on. Great, great beer. Paul, did you open a new one? Yeah, yeah. This is my third and last one of the night. This is Breckenridge. Uh, this is their fine ales and lager. What? What is the name of this beer? It is. Oh, there it is. It's on the back side of it. It's Juice Drop Hazy IPA, and this is a seven percent alcohol by volume. Uh, like. Hoppy, juicy IPA, but this is um, it says juicy, but man, it's got that big, piney resin, but without being like pine saw. It's just that resiny flavor, you know, of the the, the hops, but then it does have that su- subtle like z- just pure zest of like lemons and grapefruit or in there too. It's it's a big sucker punch in your mouth like of flavor it's the other two were subtle like the strawberry wasn't super subtle but the avalanche I was complaining was like really subtle really hard hard to find the flavors of the malt and everything like this this one the juice drop it's it's there's nothing subtle about it it's big and brash and but still easy to like a big you can take small sips and enjoy it. Take big gulps and enjoy it. So, uh, yeah, I'm really. I was really surprised that this came out. This is probably the strongest of the three that I had. If I was going to drop one, Chris, I don't. I didn't forget the. Assignment. Okay, I'm, I'm glad you remembered because I was gonna. I was gonna throw it over to you again. Like uh, the Avalanche Amber Ale is the one that I would cut out right okay. now. If I had to drop that one to get one more. Juice drop? Yeah. Good to know. Chris, um, did you open up another beer? Um, I didn't open up... Well, I opened up another beer, but it's the same ones that I had before. And okay. in our 
like between show talk when we took our breaks, I mentioned uh, I opened up my final Void Shaker from Funky Buddha. So this was the barrel aged coffee stout that I had at the beginning of the show because this is something I can just drink and talk comic books with my best friends. The Dragon's Milk Solera, that's the thing I want to sit and savor. Like, I need to just sit there and stare at the bottle and ponder it as I'm drinking it. Um, again, this is an 11% ABV bourbon barrel aged stout, but it's still deceptively drinkable. Like, I can just keep going back to it, and it hides that alcohol very well because you're just getting that nice, just like bourbon vanilla sweetness and like that coffee on the back, like there's no burn off of it, which you get from a lot of like bourbon barrel age stuff. Um, I, I really like it. Uh, I really like the Solera. I think today was an absolute win for me for beers because I kept it simple. I just, <laughs> I went with what I liked and with what I knew. And both of these beers were stuff that I just picked up because I saw them available in the store Usually when I buy beers for the show, it's like, oh, I can pick up this pack and talk about it with the guys. Or, oh, I need to go to a brewery. I'm going to pick up three or four different things. Talk about it with the guys. Both of these were literally just things I was like, oh, buy that to drink. Oh, I'll save one for the show. Um, and then just with our recording schedule, it worked out where I had two of each for the show tonight. Um, man. Funky Buddha is really good, and I find their stuff down here a lot. I haven't been there yet, but pre-planning a trip that we don't know when it'll happen, I think we might need to take a trip out to Funky Buddha. I want to say it's a little bit past Tampa. Isn't I don't it down know. by? It's down by Miami, exactly. I don't know. Like I know it's somewhere in like South Florida, but. Florida is such a long state. Summer could be like half an hour away. It could be three hours away. I don't know. Um, I feel like I've had enough stuff from them. Funky Buddha is going to be the Steve Niles of breweries for me, where like they've kind of earned their keep, where I've had a lot of really good stuff for them, but I don't have enough of it to call it like a favorite. Brewery. Yeah, it's down by Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Bit of a drive. I I haven't been back to Tampa since the last time we went to Cigar City there, and that that's a place that's an hour away. So you know, planning. So things will need three hour drive from Orlando International Airport. Mm. So two and a half hour drive from from me. It happens. Uh, okay. Yeah. 220 miles. Uh, three hours and 13 minutes, no tolls. No, we're we, still talking. We take a pause, are we? No, we're, we're we, filling, we, we, filling some time up. beer and Paul Funky Wynn. Buddha. Um, yeah. You weren't going that long, Paul. Um, I, I do want to go there, and I feel like it's going to be one of those things I'm probably not going to be able to unless I blot out a day for it. I think it would be fun so. to – there's other breweries down that way that we maybe find an Airbnb or 
find a hotel or something and go down, hit up a couple different breweries that are down around there and stay the night and then drive back. That would probably be the best bet because that's six hours in the car going down and driving back. Yeah. And I mean, that's also, that's comparable. Like, I've driven to Cleveland yeah, but for a day. Like, when you went to Cleveland for a day, were you brewery hopping? Um, I went to Melt, which is the like gourmet grilled cheese restaurant, and saw a Cavaliers game with Keith and Jesse. I like Melt so, mu- so much I went oh, back. It's because he, he forgot his wallet. Wow, it's, it's for good. your phone. He forgot his wallet or his phone, and we had to dry- <laughs> turn around and um, drive back. It was my uh, my credit card because I pay I like gave it to them for the tab and then we closed out the tab and I never got I didn't get it back. Yeah. You, were you still in Cleveland when this happened? And yeah. You, okay. Yeah. I would say if I left Cleveland and I was like, oh, I forgot my card, I would just be like, uh, gotta <laughs> get a new card. Like, <laughs> how far away? Sidebar. We Nothing to do at, with comic books or we podcasts. realized it right. when we were at uh, Great Lakes. Yeah, because then I. I bought our drinks there. Hmm. So yeah, and then we went back. Yeah, yeah. How, how far away do you have to be before you're like, oh, gotta so call, I gotta tip. call the bank tomorrow, kind of thing. So life tip, everybody, life hack: when you're out uh, brewery hopping with a friend, just forget your credit card at the last place you were, and then your friend is forced to pick up all your yeah. drinks. You know, it's too bad is. If we went there now, we would get drinks for free and a tour and dinner and stuff. And <laughs> too bad. Oh, too bad. Yeah. Oh, no. so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but sir, circling back, um, Cleveland's not somewhere I would ever want to go again. But if I did, I would have places to go, which I think is a hallmark of a, a great city. So cool. Hey, stuff that both Chris and Odell Beckham Jr. can both say. <laughs> Anyways, um, guys, we've got one last book to talk about. Uh, my book, and this is going to be Radiant Red. Uh, this is coming out from Image Comics, and this is a spinoff from Radiant Black, obviously. Uh, and this is kind of continuing the story of the other singularities, the Radiants, the black holes that have found hosts on Earth and are giving them powers. And this is spinning out of Radiant Black number six, where you kind of start to get the hints of like, oh, it's not just other like beings have these people uh these powers. It's other people. And in the pre-talk, John, you said you feel like you missed something by not reading more than three issues of Radiant Black. I don't think you did because Yes, there's big, crazy stuff happening, but at the core of Radiant Black is it's all just regular people. And that's what's at the core of Radiant Red here, where you have can, a can school I, teacher. I, um, I just... so Yes, you, you most certainly can. When I say I'm missing something, we know that, like, from reading a couple issues and then talking with you, like... Radiant Black, there's the Radiant Red, there's somebody who's hunting down all the the Radiants and everything like that. But, like, when you... 
that first page, you flip on it and you're like, oh, oh, a little girl is the radiant red? And then you keep reading okay. and then you're like, oh, she's like a teenager? Is that her older brother? And then you keep flipping and then you're like, oh, she's older? That could be her husband that they're she's breaking up with? And then you're like, oh, she's a teacher? Oh, okay, she's a... Like, but it's like every well, couple, every couple pages, I'm like yeah. trying, I'm like, yeah, I'm recalibrating because I'm like, oh, recalibrating. Yeah. Oh, it's like a little girl that's this character and she's doesn't know really what to do. She's got all this power. She's a little girl. And then just kept like changing and changing. And then she's what else happens in it. But it just was like, I, I felt a little lost and I probably read more of Radiant Black than Paul did. But I felt a little bit lost in this book, but by the end I was kind of like I wouldn't mind reading more, but I'd read more if you gave me the issues, Chris. And I like I but now do your do your spiel, but I just wanted to kind of lay out like where this book lost me because you brought it up. No, that's okay. No, that's a. I I completely understand because I felt the same way as someone that's been reading, reading black. That the artwork does age damper. Da- yeah, damper. I was gonna say age down the like the main character who is radiant red, um, Satomi Shen. Uh. In a weird way, but it's all just in the proportions of how the character is drawn. And besides the proportions, there's nothing wrong with the art. Like, it's not bad, but it's just the characters are all weird, different heights. Um, all that being said, this is very much more just telling more story about a character that you learn about. Again, as of issue number six of Radiant Black and just kind of their personal struggles with what it's, what it means to be a person that just happens to have access to this weird alien entity that gives them the ability to create armor out of matter around them. Um, you do see them in a more heroic light in Radiant Black or like around like, Issue nine, ten is where you start to have like all the ratings kind of come together to be like, oh, there's bigger things going on. And that's kind of how you have to look at this book. But if you're also not reading Radiant Black, like this isn't going to be something that you're going to pick up. This isn't going to be a book that reading that number one's going to make you want to keep reading it. This is more story about a character that you've met and have already seen what they go to do a year after where they're being presented in this issue. Because I think Radiant Black number 13 is the last issue that came out. Meanwhile, we just got number one of this story that's taking place where we know where they are in issue six. And there's also a crossover that's happening with Supermassive, but that's Besides the point, like Wait, is super massive, the werewolf you can at only the end. Look at this as uh, no, that's no. a completely that's a different. So the radio black stuff is they're doing like weird, and I don't mean that in like a derogatory way. There's just 
non-canon or uh, necessary reading in the back end of other like side stories or side books creations to kind of like, oh, hey, what's this? Oh, maybe I'll check this out. And we might be getting more of that kind of stuff when Image starts putting out their Image Comics book where it's going to be like that anthology series next week. Um, I talked a lot. Guys, I I don't want to try to defend this book because, again, this is a introductory book for a character that's already appeared in something, but it's not building into anything else yet because it's giving you more about the character that you just met six months ago. Yeah. I felt like I was so unsure, like while in the middle of reading this book, if there was some sort of weird time jump things happening in it. Because when she goes over to talk to her sister and make like have a home cooked meal with her big sister they're talking about how she broke up with Owen and how she's going to go on this trip <clears throat> through and you're like, and I'm like, it, but or it's like, book? oh, okay, she's like late teens. She's living on her own. Her boyfriend broke up with her. Yeah. Okay. She's like, oh, I, I don't have school. And you see her yearbook. Uh, so I'm like, she has her yearbook quote, which is like a Hunter Thompson mm-hmm. thing. And then like the next page. She's teaching in school, like she's got like a full time job, and you're like, but she was right. go to Japan, and she's she's sitting on all these. So ma- she stole up? all like, and I'm like from like yeah, like from all these banks. She stole all the money and then is hiding it all in her vents. That's a lot of vent space, like for a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, because you know, as we know that. U.S. currencies only printed up to $100 denominations now. One, to curb uh, people stealing a lot of money because it's a lot. It would take a lot of it makes it heavy. <laughs> yeah, it makes and it heavy. that's why, and listeners, if you're gonna I, I steal, the- you steal bearer bonds. <laughs> No, you steal gold from gorillas. Yes, thank you. And don't worry about how much you can carry out. You just want to make your life a little less crappy. That's all. That's it, but that's... Uh, So, yeah, so that was... Those talks were going on and everything like that. And then at the end of the book, she's still with Owen. And I'm like, wait, did she sell her the house that she was in? That's her parents' house? To her sister, and now her sister's living there with her two nieces, or nephews and nieces, or whatever. No, but at the end of the book, she's in the house still, and Owen's still talking about selling the house. I'm like, wait, is Owen dead? Is this a figment of her her imagination? I was so confused by that. It's okay. It's it's much more slice of life than it is Alien Super Sentai series, where it's you're dealing with the people with... I don't not, mind me being confused as long as you understand why. Oh, no, I, I can understand why you're confused, but also... Can you see that? No. Like, I didn't misread it, right? No, like, you didn't, and everything you're saying, I, like, I, I, I understand, okay. because 
you're you're being thrown into this book where you're reading about a character's problems mm-hmm. um, more than anything else. And as someone that's been reading the series and now jumping into this book, it's what I'm learning about the Radiant Black universe as it is, is these are all people. And mm-hmm. yes, they might have these crazy alien abilities now, but they're still dealing with what do I do now as a person? I I have, I robbed a bank. I have as much money as I would ever need to do what I need to do. I feel bad. I robbed a bank. Like I have this money sitting in my vent. I have all these great big plans, but I can't follow through on them now because I, I'm a teacher. Like I just, this is who I am as a person. Like, did I earn this? Do I deserve this? No. And it's a lot of that grappling with who they are, which is, I think, what you're going to see throughout I this I did series. think, though, oh, it's really smart of her to have stole all that money, then go to Japan to spend it all. Would have been... Would have been smarter for to buy bearer bond. or sealed bearer, bearer bonds. bonds. Whoever so. has the bond, that's the mm-hmm. money on it. Boom! I have this bearer bond. This is my money. That's why they're always stealing it in movies. Bearer bonds. Whoever has whoever has it has the money. Do they steal them in movies? I don't know. I thought that was from Mission Impossible 1 only. No, but bear bonds are always up there. They're always happening. Um, So if you could spend your bear bonds on one of these three comics, that's right, I'm trying to segue into a power ranking. Uh, I think that the power ranking is the order that we read them in. Um, Yes. World's Finest. Yep. Uh, Absolutely loved it. Like, World's Finest... I enjoyed so much that as we were talking about it, like I was scrolling through it again and being like, Oh yeah, I love this. Oh, this moment. Ooh, this, Oh, this panel. Like it, it elicited a response from me. Um, nothing against John's book. Uh, I, I still felt things. Um, I just wish I had more of a reason to root for that. I d- yeah, and that's the thing. Like, besides them wanting to reclaim like that previous glory, it just they're setting themselves up to fail. But that's okay for them because they're going to go out being who they are. And I I do like that story. Um, I. I don't want to sound overly negative because I might have come off that way when I was starting talking about uh, Rogues. Because I did enjoy that book. I just think it, that's not a score that you walk away from. Uh, Radiant Red, I like this universe. I like these characters. And I don't think this is a great introduction to these characters because, again, you're jumping back in time to learn about a character you've already learned about and you've already seen where they're going to be going. Um, but as just like a, a character study, I I liked it to just see more about um, if, Satomi. Now, this is a rare occasion. So if we got this issue of Radiant Red, 
But in the beginning of the book was like what she's being blackmailed to do. Like she's fighting some super robot because she's being blackmailed basically to do it. And then it was like one day earlier and I knew what the outcome might be. I hate that. You hate that, That would make this book more interesting to me. Like, okay, where is this going to go? I know, like, okay, how do we lead up to her being blackmailed into this position? I hate that. But that would make this more... Because this book just ends. It ends with her going to some type of meetup that she gets on her uh, text message. The doctor, the doctor's ready. To yeah, but you had a lot of good shit before that, Paul. You have thirteen issues of Radiant Black. Yeah, but I didn't get like to read all of those. And it, you pick, you I, pick this. I'm just glad this book was a dollar like, ninety nine for me to purchase. To oh yeah, it was it was cheap. Like I did appreciate that. Um, I, I I like this universe, and I'm hopeful that someday you guys do kind of dip your toes back into like the Radiant Universe because it's I really enjoy it. one of my favorite books from like 2021 uh, when we did our annual look back. Um, I am glad this like little corner of the Image Comics universe exists because. It, well, it has my attention now. Like, it's not going to be something that I'm always going to be subjecting <laughs> you guys to. Like, because this is going to be, like, a for me thing. And then eventually, maybe, we go out. And, again, like, me picking Radiant number one, or, sorry, Radiant Red number one was, like, a carryover from what the look back used to be. And then I, did, I, I literally didn't buy anything else. So, it was a book to talk about, so... Here we yeah. are. Uh, um, no, I should I should have tried it. I should have bought Captain Carter. That was on my uh, list. But I probably would have enjoyed. No offense, I would probably liked. would have enjoyed that better. Oh no, I, I'll probably buy it and I'll <laughs> let you know if it's worth checking out because I do want to read it. I would have enjoyed writing it right a little bit more if those two things were cleaned up. The artwork, where people just seem flat two-dimensional, like, just See, really I, poor drawings of themselves. I don't like, mind that flat art style. It, for me, it was, no, like, the like, proportions more than anything I, else. Yeah. Clean, so I understood which character I was looking at, which character was talking. Like, like when she's talking with her sister, I'm like, okay, you know, just trying to keep them straight, the, that all straight. Plus, like, give me, like... Is it a story out of time, or am I supposed to read it? it this is actually the sequential or of the story. Because, like, the whole, like, her telling her sister, like, oh, I broke up with Owen. Was that just a lie that she's telling her sister? That Owen isn't, she isn't broken up with him? And they're still together? Like, give me an editor's note there. Or, like, a word, a thought balloon, like, hey... I feel bad about lying to my sister, but I have to save her from the pain of knowing I'm still with this guy. You know, give me something. I just want to know is you know like, I mean? like, how short is she? It's a number one. Is she help me out? That first, 
she's she's not that she's short. Like, that first page, that she's, first it's page a car, and panel. she's she doesn't hit the hood. She's not, not taller. taller. And then you see her on another page, car. and she's like not taller than the car, but she's squatting. And then you see her, and she's like she looks like she's almost touching the top of the door frame. Like I. I understand she's short, but I don't get it. I don't get it. And then there's this weird werewolf on a date. I don't get it. (laughs) Um, I I might send you more. um, Because, again, after our last look back, I sent you all of the pages for Iron Fist. Did you Uh, check those out, come out in very good focus for me to be able to read them. Okay, I appreciated it, but okay. I was like, because uh, I was curious. These, yeah. But listeners, if you want us to focus in on a book or a panel, let us know. You know, we got our Instagram page going. We got our email, bagnumbroadcast at gmail dot com. Uh, one of us is checking that, right? Yeah, I, I get them to my phone. 